May we represent well, may we welcome well, may we live a life of holiness well. And may we look for glory and heaven and home and forever. May God get all the praise. Amen. Well, it's great to be worshiping here with you today. Great to have you here in person. Great to have you joining us online. Man, we are here to make much of Jesus Christ, to thank him and praise him for all that he offers for us. We have hope. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Don't miss it. Don't lose it. Don't set it down or set it aside. We have a God who has it all in hand, and we come to worship him. May he get all the glory. Man, we're in a series here. We've been walking through the book of Revelation, and uh, we've had two other series before it. We've talked a little bit about the front end, the seven churches, real churches, right? Everybody say real churches, right? They were real churches in real time with real struggles and real successes, and we spent some time there just learning what it is to be walking in this world and making much of our God. And uh, then we jumped into chapters 4 through 19, and we're talking about this coming seven years. God has a plan to bring this broken world to an end. And as we were walking through that, just talking through some of the timing and the structure and the purpose, and as you start to see some of the wrath of God and the evil that can come out, it can just so quickly stir up our fear. So our battle cry through it, right, for worship, not for worry, right, say it with me, for worship, not for worry. So we spend some time in chapters 4 through 19 worshiping, may God get all the glory. And now we jumped into chapters 20 through 22. All Things New is the name of this series, and we're talking about all that's coming. So as the king returns, as Jesus Christ's foot touches down, as he removes some of the rebellion against him, as he establishes a thousand-year kingdom, what will his kingdom be like? That's chapters 20, 21, and 22. Where are we headed? What is it going to look like in the short term, the thousand-year kingdom here on earth, and then into eternity? What is God's plan. Have you ever stopped and just started to think a little bit like, man, what is heaven going to be like? And, and trying to put even a little bit of understanding to it. So these passages start rolling it out. Today we're going to be looking at the physical part of heaven, the appearances of heaven, and the meaningfulness of heaven, some of what's going to be going on in the New Jerusalem. And then there's going to be relationship detail we're going to talk about, and even opportunities and serving and all of that are going to be coming up over the next several weeks as we talk about this eternal heaven and all that we have in him. God has a plan. He is a glorious king. May we worship him with all we've got. And all of God's people said, amen, man, huge deal. So today we're actually looking very specifically at New Jerusalem, this coming city of eternal hope where we're going to be residing with our king forever. So turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, we're going to start in verse 9, all right? Revelation 21, starting in verse 9. If you've got your uh, Revelation booklets there, you can turn to the week four there and we'll get going uh, with the notes. Point number one, the city of New Jerusalem will be welcoming, stunning, and meaningful. The city of New Jerusalem will be welcoming, stunning, and meaningful. Start out in verse 9, he says, Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues. That's a lot of sevens in one sentence, right? 
Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues. If you remember when we talked through Revelation 4 through 19, we talked about a timeline for Revelation 4 through 19, right? And it was seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, and then Christ comes. Say it with me. Seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, Christ comes. You remember, good job. And uh, so, yeah, we spent a lot of time walking through that. And the seals, trumpets, and bowls are the unrolling of the scroll, right? God's plan for how he's going to bring this portion of the earth to an end and kind of bring the rebellion to an end. And so it goes seals, trumpets, and bowls. And in fact, the bowls in Revelation 16 are described as God's final wrath poured out on the rebellion at that time on the earth. All right. And so that's the bowls we're talking about, that final wrath. If you remember time frame rise, we were saying the seven seals are probably like about the first half of the seven years that's to come. And then the trumpets, the seven trumpets are probably the majority of the second half, and the bowls are the very end right before Christ comes. So this is right at the end of the seven years that we're talking about with the bowls here. It says this is one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls of the seven last plagues. So this is one of the big angels, one of the responsible ones to unleash that, all right? And this angel uh, has a role here. It says, and he spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. All right, let's just hold right there. So this angel, one of them who poured out one of the seven bowls, we don't know which bowl he poured out, but he had some high responsibility in, and he says, this angel spoke to John saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Come with me. Let me introduce you to the bride of Christ. He's like, let me show you the church on fire. But more than that, he's like, and let me show you the home of the bride. He's like, let me show you the bride, the wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. So you can see there's both the bride and the city described here. There are some who say, well, I think really all of the city portion is just a metaphor. I think it's really just trying to describe the bride of Christ. And I will give this, I'll say this, there is certainly a lot of meaning that we're going to see in the way the city is structured. But I don't think that means we're not seeing parts of the city. I think it's both and. We're seeing this unbelievable description of the city and it has high meaning and pointing towards all that are going to be saved and there's this introduction of the bride of Christ, the ones who trust in him, both New Testament saints and Old Testament saints, this massive hope in him, celebration in him and the city modeling that out in every way, all right? So it says, come, I'm going to show you the bride, the wife of the lamb, the ones who are saved. Everybody say saved. And the meaningfulness in the city that is modeling those that are saved. It says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. Like there's only one way you could get a glimpse of the whole 
of this new Jerusalem. It's so massive, we had to get way up and away, up high on a mountain. Have you ever tried to like take a picture of something? And as you take your phone, you turn it landscape because it's not working portrait style, right? So you turn it landscape and then you start backing up to try to get it all in and you have to keep backing up. He's in one of those moments. He's in a massive backup to be able to get a landscape photo of the new Jerusalem. And he's all the way up on a high mountain looking down across to be able to see it all in its massive glory. He said, he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. Holy, absolutely perfect, stunning, no sin at all. Absolute perfection as God's glory is the center of it and all of those ushered in, perfect in soul, glorified in body, absolutely perfect. Everybody say perfect. Man, we're getting it if we start to grasp the holiness of all that's going to be going on. This holy city, Jerusalem, and it says again, coming down out of heaven from God. And uh, again, if you notice, this is the same words that were used in verse 2 of chapter 21. Last week we were looking at, and it talks about the holy city, this new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. It's a gift from the Father being given across to us, such a glorious present to us that allows us to be able to enjoy, to drink deep, to be able to celebrate and have life with him forever. It says, he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And this city is just going to beam with the glory of God. But please notice, it doesn't say looking like Something similar to the glory. It has the glory of God. The presence of God in the middle, his glory beaming out of it, this massive brightness, this stunning, unbelievable imagery, the light and the bright and the splash and the awesome and the warmth and the all of it. God's glory in and throughout the whole city as it just rings out, as it just draws in. It's going to be a stunning city for us to capture and to be able to see in this unbelievable new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, having the glory of God. It said, it's radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. We're going to see the word jasper come up several times in this passage. Jasper, think of it like the most clear diamond you could ever think of. And uh, think of it as the most light-splashing, spectrum-creating image you could ever get off of it. It's a fantastic jewel. It's beyond rare. And he's like, we're talking priceless and stunning in its appearance. Massive colors of blues and pinks and reds and greens just splashing off of this thing. And it's going to be awesome. If you remember, we talked a little bit about Jasper back when we were in Revelation 4, when we just started into chapters 4 through 19, and we were in the throne room of the Father, and it talked about Jasper and Carnelian. Jasper, this splashing color all over the place around the throne of the Father, and that same throne and that same glory and that same jewel right here in New Jerusalem as a part of all that the Father is. 
says this rare jewel like a jasper, clear as crystal. The creator God is showing off all of his glory and perfection. And um, you know, when we think of a city, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word city, but I don't usually think of unbelievable spectrums of light. Right? When I think of city, usually the first thing I think of is a lot of cars and a lot of traffic. And then the next thing I think of is a lot of dirt and a lot of noise and a lot of, like if we go to our cities, we as people, and when we build them up, it gets to be kind of a noisy, sort of busy place to go. I'm just telling you, this is an unbelievable, holy, glorious, perfect, light splashing, clean as all get out, stunning place to be. For those of you who love the country, you're gonna love New Jerusalem anyway. Know what I'm saying? Like there's gonna be awesome country to be seeing in the new earth, but I'm telling you, you're not gonna be like, I'm not a city people. You're not gonna be that guy, man. You're gonna be like, this is awesome. This is stunning in every way, man. It's gonna be drawing us in all over the place. And uh, hopefully that rang true for some of you farmers in here with us, right? And uh, so it's a radiance like most rare jewels, like a jasper clear as crystal. It said it had a great high wall. It's got a high wall that goes all the way around it. It says with 12 gates. 12 gates. Now, we've heard the number 12 throughout Scripture before. There's a 12 in the Old Testament. There's a 12 in the New Testament. And we're going to see that brought out here in this passage right now. And so it says, with 12 gates. And at the 12 gates are 12 angels. At each gate sits an angel. So 12 total angels, right? So you see the 12 gates. You've got an angel at each one. Think of the Garden of Eden. If you remember the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve were removed, there was an angel placed at the gate of the garden, at the entrance of the garden, basically to protect evil from coming in. So at the Garden of Eden, the angels were on full-out protection mode. It was a high defense mode, right? But here, that's not needed. The reality is these angels are not really as much a defense statement as they are a massive statement of the glory of God and quite frankly, the most awesome greeter team you've ever seen, right? Like that's what we got going on. We got this awesome greeter team of an angel at each gate, stunning, massive, brilliant glory. And as they're coming in, they're welcoming along the way. It is open all the time, these gates. It is a phenomenal moment said with 12 gates and at the 12 gates uh, a phenomenal holy greeter team right of 12 angels it says and on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed and on the gates the names of the 12 tribes of Israel the 12 tribes everybody say 12 tribes so these 12 gates represent what God was doing with the nation of Israel don't lose that For those of you who maybe have walked through scripture and you've heard basically like God stops working with Israel or some statement like that, please set that aside. Man, please hear me. God, all the way into eternity, he's going to have the names of the tribes of Israel in the new Jerusalem. There are those who are part of Israel, who are learning and growing. They have become saved in the past. Old Testament saints, as they had a faith in God, right? It said Abraham believed God. 
and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Old Testament saints, people saved in Israel who trusted in God, they were looking to a forward coming Messiah, one that would come out ahead of them. We now look back to a Messiah who has already come at the cross. We are all saved from the same moment. Christ at the cross is our Lamb of God. And all of God's people said, man, please hear me. Everyone in the heavens for eternity will be there because of Jesus Christ. He has died for us. He is risen again. He is our hope. And so here you see the Old Testament saints being represented as they looked forward to a future coming Messiah and they had a faith in God. They were saved and the names of the tribes are put one above each of the gates. So there's one angel and one name at each gate and there's 12 gates. And then it says on the east, three gates and on the north, three gates, and on the south, three gates, and on the west, three gates. So three gates on each side. Can you see the symmetry? And God loves symmetry. Some of you are like very OCD and you're like, thank the Lord <laughs> that he loves symmetry, right? There's going to be this awesome symmetry and three gates on each side and there's going to be an angel at each gate and a name of a tribe of Israel at each of those gates. And uh, this awesome, welcoming, symmetric, glorious statement of a perfect city welcoming us in. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. How many foundations? So 12 gates with 12 angels and the 12 names of the tribes of Israel. And now we have 12 foundations underneath, basically three uh, structures underneath each side to give you 12 holdings there. It says, and the 12 foundations, uh, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So each of the foundations has the name of the first apostles, the 12 apostles. So the church and Israel fully represented in the New Jerusalem, Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, Old Testament looking forward to the coming Messiah, New Testament looking back to the Messiah who has already come. Jesus is our Lamb of God, and the foundations of the city will be resting on this hope. Jesus Christ will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And all of God's people said, know this man, there are 12 foundations, and each one of them carries a name of one of the apostles, and we're gonna find out pretty soon that those foundations are going to be lit with color. We're gonna see that in just a moment in point number two, but a massive splash of color with all the different jewels going on. It's pretty hard to almost come to imagine this, right? As you see this huge wall and it says Jasper, like clear as crystal, just this crystal element splashing color. And this massive array of color in the foundations as you just get rainbow splash all over. And if you look into the city, it tells us in the next point, we're going to see gold all over the place. And this is the city, pure, holy, unbelievable, drawing us in because of the glory and warmth and welcoming of our God. And it is built with massive meaning, showing all that God is doing to build those who are trusting in him. What might that look like? Well, that's a pretty hard assignment to try to paint heaven. 
But uh, we actually had one of our artists put something together that just sort of in a slightly abstract way captures some of what's going on. So let's go ahead and throw the image up. You should have this in your book. And uh, just notice the splash of the clear jasper walls, the spectrum color. You can see the gold elements of the city within. Three gates on a side. You see the array of color underneath this massive, welcoming, glorious city coming down out of the heavens, a gift from God to us. It's a huge, unbelievable, jaw-dropping, stunning imagery as we end up seeing the brilliance and the invite and the meaning and the very presence of God himself in this city drawing us in. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, Man, this is what life in Christ leads to, is a holy eternity, is a welcoming and a meaningfulness, a life with our God where we can worship him with all we've got. May we start here and now, and all of God's people said, and this is a huge call out, may we as a church be welcoming, may we be righteous, May we be excited to include the glory of our God in our services. May he be lifted up. May we celebrate the presence of our king. And may we be willing to set down our sin no matter what. Ready? And all of God's people said, this is our call. Let's get it started now because we're headed into eternity with this as our goal, as our draw, as God doing an amazing work in us. So simple question, how are you living out the call to know your God, to love your God, to live for your God, to be welcoming like your God, to go after holiness to honor your God, to look forward to the coming kingdom with all you've got. May we live for Jesus. And all of God's people said. Point number two. Point number two. The city of New Jerusalem will be massive and glorious. Massive and glorious. It says, and the one who spoke with me, remember we're talking about one of the angels, the one, one of the ones who had the seven bulls, right? And so the one, one of these angels, had a measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and walls. Had a gold measuring rod and he's going after trying to measure it out. Now the point here is he chose not to just tell John how big it was. Look, let me just give you the dimensions. He's like, I'm not just going to tell you. We're going to actually go and measure this out so that you can see with your own eyes what I'm talking about. He begins to walk through a measuring moment with John as he takes him to the gates and the walls and beyond. It's not just a show moment, or it's not just a tell moment, it's a show moment. He says, and the city lies four square, its length the same as its width. Again, God loves symmetry, right? Its length equal to its width. We've got a square statement there, and we'll see the height in just a minute. It says, and he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. And for all of us who know stadia, you're like, oh, wow. And, and for the rest, you're like, what is that? 
Like 12,000 stadia, uh, probably equal to about 1,380 miles. 1,380 miles was the length of one side and the width of one side. This is how big the city is. 1,300, think this way, Peoria to Miami, one side of the New Jerusalem. Peoria to Miami. You're like, could I live on the Miami side? That'd be great. But I mean, 1,380 miles of this amazing stretch, one side of the walls. It's 1,380 by 1,380 by 1,380 by 1,380, perfectly square. And uh, it says, actually, he measured it 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. So not only is it 1,380 miles long, think of how far back and high you need to get up for that landscape photo, right? 1,380 miles long, but also 1,380 miles high, like a cube of sorts. Just so you know, in the tabernacle, if you remember back in Hebrews, when we were walking through the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies is actually a cube. It's actually a symmetric element of cube. For whatever reason, God loves to model his glory with these perfect symmetries. And so he's like, now I'm gonna take the Holy of Holies from this little tabernacle out in the wilderness and I'm gonna walk it into the eternity that's gonna be 1,380 miles on a side, 1,380, 1,380, and I'm gonna put my presence and my glory in the middle and I'm gonna splash me out like you would not believe. It is gonna be an amazing experience to see this city lit up with the love and the warmth and the holiness and the relationship and the perfection of our God. May he get all the glory. It says, and he also measured its walls, 144 cubits by human measure. And uh, again, for those who know stadia, maybe you know a cubit. And for the rest, you're like, I have no idea what that means, right? And so a cubit, uh, probably that means this comes out to about 260 feet thick. Think about about two feet per cubit, about that, a little less, right? So 144 cubits, this is gonna be about 260 feet wide. You're like, I can barely, think this way, football field, 300 feet, right? So just a little less than a football field wide, 1,380 miles high, unbelievable clear jasper crystal just splashing spectrum color all over the place massive stunning light show all the time as the source of the light is god himself splashing it out all over 1380 by 1380 and a football field thick in the midst of it says which is also, uh, I love this statement, which is also an angel's measurement. Do you notice that? He's like, it's 144 cubits. And do you know? They measure the same way we do. There was a hilarious moment where he's like, wait, I think it's 144 cubits too. Now, just so you know, a cubit was equal to basically an adult male forearm at the time. That's how they measured. They basically were putting down their elbow, they'd measure out, that was about a cubit, okay? So about that. So I don't know if he's telling us the size of angels, when he's like, 
you know, their forearm length is the same as ours. Or if he's saying they just use the name cubit and it matches up to us, whatever it is, he's like, he measured and he got the same thing I got. It was amazing. So it's the same measurements across the board, angels and humans agreeing on how to use a ruler. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it says, and the wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold like clear glass, amazing gold within all over the place, buildings and streets, seeing this pure gold, like there is no impurity in it, clear of sort. Like this is a gold we don't know of. This is the most amazing gold ever. And the city is made of this unbelievably priceless, stunning, light splashed, image reflecting, glorious look. It says, and the foundations of the walls of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. Literally, the 12 foundations had the 12 names of the 12 apostles, and they now each have the 12 jewels that are going to be listed next. This array of color coming off of the foundations underneath as the light, if you think about it, it says the streets and all are a pure gold that's so clear that you could see through. And so the glory of God beaming down through these clear streets and hitting the foundation underneath and splashing out color all over the place. This massive, glorious look. And then he lists the names of the jewels. He says, the first was jasper, and the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth a carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth a chrysophrase, and the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And if you know your rocks, you can start to get into the color splash on it. But I'll just tell you, uh, talking to or looking at some rock doctor statements, some uh, different guys that are geologists, and they put some statements down. This is a statement I found. You will never get a more brilliant collage of color than from this collection of stones. You will never get a more brilliant collage of color. The spectrum represented God's glory on full display, a beaming out all over the place, a purity and a cleanliness and a meaningfulness and a purpose all over the place as God says, I have a plan. I have been working from the beginning and I've been doing something intentional with the 12 tribes and the nation of Israel and through Israel bringing in the Messiah Jesus to this world and then turning over to the 12 apostles and the church and the hope of Jesus Christ and all looking forward or back to the cross, praising God for the hope we have in salvation in Jesus Christ. There is going to be a massive meaningful, completely satisfying to the eye city that is coming. And this is just what it looks like. We'll talk more over the next couple weeks about what comes along with the city, but a bunch of the look of it along the way. It says, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. This massive gate, and it's going to have a single pearl. Do you know how they make a pearl? 
take an oyster and you put some sand in it, and then it's sort of, how big is that oyster that, like, and God probably just doing something miraculous of his own as he forms this under pressure in this massive, glorious pearl, each pearl being one of the gates opened up with a stunning angel at its side, him absolutely, the greeter team welcoming in and out. This is the look of what is to come. God representing all of those that would be saved and God showing some of who he is. It says, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. I can't even imagine what John was thinking as he began to have all of this unveiled before him and his jaw just started to drop. Know this, this is the city when Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you. He loves you with all he's got. And he is preparing a place for you that is gonna blow you away. And this is just the city. Like there's a whole new earth that comes with. There's unbelievable look and feel to all of it, but this is the city that sits on that new earth and this stunning glory of God and the warmth and the welcome and the meaningfulness and the purpose and the unity across all. May God get all the glory. Know this, we are called home to a new heaven, new earth. We are called home to a new Jerusalem where this sin is gone, this brokenness is done. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more loss, no more struggle. Not one sin or pain ever again. It says he wipes away all tears, gone forever. And this jaw-dropping city as one of the locations that we're gonna be in and around and seeing God do amazing things. Everybody just say, God has a plan. It's easy for us to get very caught up in all that's going on here on earth. It's easy for us to get caught up in hopes and dreams and wants and to be able to start to go after those and get distracted. And there are moments that wake us up to eternity. There are moments that start to wake us up to this world is short and eternity is where it's at. This past week was a very hard week um, for one of our families in this church and for so many in this church. And um, for those of you who maybe haven't heard, um, Hunter Gruzy ended up passing away on Wednesday. And I'm just gonna tell you, this kid is tough, man. Warrior to the core, pressed on to the end. Worship was his focus. Jesus, his passion. I said this in the funeral yesterday, but Sue's statement, I love it. She said, heaven is not a consolation prize. Heaven is the pearl of great price. Hear me, men. This world is short, and God has eternity structured and ready to go for us. 
May we celebrate this king. Hunter right now is cancer-free. Amen. Hunter is pain-free. Hunter is dancing like you would not believe. Hunter is taking in the first heaven. That's where he is right now. And we all, if you trust Jesus Christ, whether you pass away or are raptured up, we will be glorified body, perfected soul, joining with Hunter, 1 Thessalonians 4 promise. We grieve, but we do not grieve like this world grieves. We grieve with hope because we will see our loved ones again, because we do have a God who has it in hand, because we are headed home to glory forever. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. So this side of heaven, there are hurts. Please be praying for the family. There are heartaches, and they are short-lived, praise God. And we are headed home to a king who loves you. And we are headed home to a God of glory. We are headed home to a place that will drop our jaw, and we will be side by side in absolute Satisfaction and joy forever. This is just a taste of the look and the feel of where we're headed. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, are you ready to live in this world like you are just passing through? Are you ready to live in this world as if you have a tent and you're going home to your building, your home. This is our temporary, but we represent the King of Kings. May we represent well, may we welcome well, may we live a life of holiness well, and may we look for glory and heaven and home and forever. May God get all the praise. This is our call. God is making all things new. Are you in? May we worship him with all we've got. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 